good. We are a missionary-minded church, aren't we? Missions-minded. And uh, God is good. I get the opportunity to preach this evening as well as everybody is away. Amen. And so God is good. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. This evening I want to, the title of the message is just simply the call to go. The call to go is he just read in Matthew or talking about God has given us the power to go. And in this, in this message, God has called us to go get the gospel out. Amen. And I just want to say this before we start. I don't want this to come across mean spirited. You know why? Because we have a church that's getting the job done. But we can all do better, can't we? And uh, so I don't want to come across as being harsh as I uh, hit some of these points. But uh, if you're busy serving the Lord and you're busy doing things for the Lord, that's a wonderful thing. We have a church that's very missions-minded that wants to reach our country, wants to reach our world, wants to reach our neighbor. And uh, I tell you what, I was so encouraged to watch a couple of our young men knock on my door and leave me a track. Amen? Amen. That has happened twice in my lifetime in Dundalk. And the first one was by a Presbyterian. Hello, that's the truth. That's the truth. And so I am thankful that we, there's nobody else putting tracks out, folks. There's no one else going door to door. Not that have the truth. So you already can be commended for such things. So praise the Lord. And so God is good. If you'll stand with me. I want to read Matthew chapter 13, 15 through 17. And Jesus speaking here, he says, For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Least at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. That's a sad statement, and that's a quote from Isaiah. But it goes on, it says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Listen, the point is this, we have seen, we have heard, we do understand. So here's the point, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to stand here. Lord, I do pray this message would be an encouragement as well as a challenge. And Lord, I thank you for the great work that you are doing here in the present. But Lord, we're far from done. And Lord, our world is getting darker and darker each day. And Lord, which means we're going to stand out more and more. And I pray you just give us the grace power and the blessing to accomplish those things that you've challenged us to do in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. You know where the Bible says Jesus said well he's talking to his disciples and if you're saved here today you're a disciple. He said you've heard the cry you've seen the need and that you understand your part in the program. And so as we look at this, we must be in tune with the word of God and the spirit of God in order to be sensitive to the need. Sometimes if we're not careful, we just tune it out and we're being, you know, doing our own thing. And uh, that's simply just wrong. 
But sometimes as we're trying to reach out to a lost and dying world, there may, meet, there may be an actual physical need or whatever it is. And sometimes in that physical need or a material need, you may actually have to meet the need to have the opportunity to present the gospel. That happens a lot. And in turn, as you meet the need or whatever it may be, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me over the years and said, would you pray for me? I've worked at places where people mocked me. And then when they had a death in their family or they had a serious struggle, they'd come privately and say, would you pray for me? And many of those same folks I led to the Lord. Amen? Why? Because sometimes there's a need. And uh, don't tune people out and don't write people off just because they don't understand. Because they are clueless. And so... Knowing that, we have have been called to go. And we're not to be called to be picky and choosy. We're to go who God calls us to. But you know, we need to never compromise or cut short the gospel either. In a day and age where it's one, two, three, uh, off to heaven you go. We need to be careful with that as well. Before I even get into the message, people must realize their lostnessness and their total depravity and their hopelessness before the gospel becomes good news. There is no good news without first having the bad news. Amen? Amen. And so the gospel calls for repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many want to put the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's no repentance towards God. Meaning, I don't see my need, I don't have any sorrow, and I don't understand how much I've truly offended a holy God. And Paul Paul told us in Acts chapter 20 that the message was was the same everywhere throughout his entire ministry. And he said this in Acts chapter 20 and 21. 21. He said, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and having taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both the Jews and the Greeks, same message, repentance towards God, And faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, when someone gets saved, they realize they're in trouble with God. And the proper response is to immediately turn to Jesus for the remedy. That's the gospel. They need to understand that real sorrow leads to a real Savior. Amen? And so with that in mind, I didn't want to skip over that. With that in mind, I have four points. There are four types of calls to preach or to share the gospel. Four types of calls to preach or to share the gospel. The first one, we look at the call from above. Uh, Brother Keller just began to read that out of Matthew. Amen? In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 through 20, we have a call from our Lord. Our call from our Lord, Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. Amen? He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Listen, we have the command to go. So number one is we have a call from above. We have a call from above. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. And in Mark 16, it's in all the Gospels, in Mark 16, 15 and 16, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world. So where are we to go? 
The entire world, right? The whole globe. And preach the gospel. He said, what are you going to do when we're there? We're going to feed the hungry. No, we're going to preach the gospel. Amen? Preach. You might, it might include that, but first and foremost, we're going to preach the gospel. And to every creature, and he that believeth and is baptized be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. So we see the call from above. In Luke 24, another uh, statement here, Jesus' words, he said, and he said unto them in 24, 46, 47, he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and, from the, and, and rise from the dead on the third day. That's the gospel, by the way. And that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning in Jerusalem. So we see the call from above. Where to go? That's not for just for the preacher or the deacon or the Sunday school teacher. That's through the church, isn't it? It's to all of us, right? Anyone not called to go? We're all called to go. However you fit into the program, God's program, with the gifts and talents talents that he's given you. Listen, if you just look at that brief statement in a couple verses, he said, go ye into all the world. So we're not to leave anybody out. Which means, if you have any prejudices, you need to get rid of them immediately. Amen? Amen? Last time I checked, God was the creator of all of us. Amen. Amen? And we're to preach the gospel. What are we preaching? We're preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that repentance and remission of sin, right? We're to baptize them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's speaking of the Trinity, which many deny these days. We're also to teach all nations to observe. To observe is not just to teach to know what it says. Observe is to embrace the truth and then act upon it. Amen? First and foremost, this is for us. But this is what we're to do when we go out. This is the call from above. And then lastly, repentance and remissions of sin should be preached. There is forgiveness available if you're willing to repent. See, that's the call from above. And our Lord Jesus Christ tells us throughout the Bible to go. The challenge is to go. He didn't say go if you feel like it. How many people are really comfortable knocking on doors? We've got about three or four. I've never been comfortable knocking on doors. Actually, sometimes I'm more afraid of the dogs than the people. (laughs) Amen. Can I get amen on that one? Dogs don't like me, okay? (laughs) That's just a reality. But you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. To not get out of your comfort zone is to tell the Lord Jesus Christ, no, I'm not doing it. And in this passage in Matthew, the story that follows this passage found in Matthew 13, 18 through 23, which I won't read for the sake of time, is the story about the soils. You know, the soils, speaking of the heart. Right after that passage is this story. Now listen, people say, well, they're not going to believe me or they're not going to accept it. It's getting harder. (laughs) I agree with you. But that's not the point. The point is God called us to go. Now listen, our part is to follow God's command. Their part is to have a right heart. You can't change their heart. 
but you can do your part. As we see in the soils, I mean, not to get into that parable, but we have people that start discipleship program and never finish. We have people that come for a brief time and make a a prayer or confession to God, whatever it may be, whether they're saved or not, I know not. But they come and go. And that has always been a pattern, and it will continue to be a pattern. And you can't do anything about it. You can call them. You can encourage them. You can pray for them. And some you'll never see again, and others will return. But you're not, and some will just leave because of the cares of the world or the pressures of family. And any number of things. Or they get offended because you touched on something they're not willing to repent of. Or something they're uncomfortable with. And what at the bottom line is, listen, they're not willing to accept the truth. They're not willing to grow. They're not willing to learn. And some are just simply not willing to get saved. And that's okay. Because we are to be available. We are to be sensitive. We are to be willing But you can't make anybody do anything. You can't force the gospel on anyone. And you can't make them come back to church. You can offer to give them a ride. You can do any number of things to accommodate them. But once their heart is departed, they're gone. So don't feel bad when that happens. Amen. But here's the flip side of it. Don't say, I quit. It was to no profit. First of all, you don't know that. Some will return later on. But what I do know is, the call from above is to go. The outcome is not up to us. But we should be available to teach, to disciple, to be there. Listen, we're not... (laughs) We're not here to just make converts. We're to make disciples. And that's why that list is extensive. To reach them with the gospel. To watch them be baptized by immersion. To teach them all the things in which Jesus said. And then allow them to follow you or follow people to observe those things. Put put feet to that. And what are we doing? We are making disciples. We are taking someone who is absolutely clueless and lost out of the world, bringing them in. By the grace of God, Jesus Christ is saving them. The Holy Spirit comes into their heart. He begins to work in their life. And they begin to get a hunger for God. That's the way it's supposed to work. And what do they have? They have questions. And lots of questions. That's good. If a new convert has no questions, there's a problem. If a new convert doesn't have a desire to read their Bible, that should send up a red flag. So we're to be available not only to reach them, but to disciple them, to help them, to nurture them, to pray for them, to bring them. The idea is this, according to the words of Jesus Christ, is to bring them where we are and beyond. Listen, isn't that what you would want for every one of your kids whether they're and grandkids? But that's what we're to be. We have a call from above. And that call from above is what the Lord Jesus Christ called us to do. Amen? There's no escaping that. 
He said there's four calls. That's the first call. Undeniable. Well, I tell you what, there's a call from below too. There's a call from below. And it's hell. Listen, the lost, our lost, the condemned. Uh, I believe I have family members that died and have gone to hell. I don't doubt that for a minute. It wasn't because they weren't witnessed to. It wasn't because they weren't prayed for. But I thank God there were many, just many different people willing to share the gospel many times over with them. Amen. Listen, they make you, at the end of the day or the end of one's life, they make their own choice. Amen. Our job is to go. Because we have a call from above. But I'll tell you, there's a call from below. In Luke chapter 16, 19 through 31, we have Lazarus and the rich man, and you know the story. But as we look at this in Luke 16, 19 through 31, it's a lengthy piece of scripture, but let me read it. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes and be in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Let me tell you what, he may not have eyes to see and ears to hear when he was alive. But he had eyes to see and ears to hear in hell because he was hearing and seeing Abraham. But it was too late. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. Cool my tongue, I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son... Remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now is he comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then said he, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. That's the call from below. For I have five brethren, that they may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. What's he saying? They have a Bible. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, They hear not the Moses. They ain't going to listen to the Bible. They ain't going to listen to someone, even though they came back from the dead. He said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. I begin to think about the story, and many times, if you look, and we see the cries and the torments of this illustration. And uh, by way of illustration, many times in, in the public scene, and someone prominent, this man was prominent, wasn't he? This was a rich man. This was a man that was probably very famous, very well known that everyone knew. And I'm sure there was a lot of public opinion and maybe the media with the cameras surrounding his home. And, uh, and he says, listen, I got five brothers just like me. But we see this picture and we see that he dies and in hell he begins to cry out to Abraham. Hey, would you go tell my brothers? 
Here's a call from below. But as we see this, I want to just picture this with me a minute. We see it many times on TV or internet or social media, whatever. Somebody really prominent dies. Maybe it's a president. Maybe it's a politician. Maybe it's a someone really famous or someone recognized. Maybe it's a movie star. And we see in, in the spotlight, we see all the lit and all the glitter. And we see the sometimes the lines of people for a mile down, miles or so down the street trying to pay their respects. Sometimes there's a flag over the coffin. Sometimes there's not. All the spotlight, all the media, all the accolades. It's funny how when someone dies, suddenly they're the greatest person that ever lived on the face of the earth. No one can say anything bad about them. Suddenly they're a hero. They were a good person. And many times in our society, many times they're a thug. But they're honored as a good guy. But speaking of a rich person, someone that's very prominent, someone that would have been recognized, maybe as a movie star, maybe as a musician, maybe it was a politician, whatever it was, the funeral goes for days. And people line up to pay their respects. And the music's playing. And the lights are flashing. And the media's reporting. And they're recognizing all the people that visited. Oh, look who visited him. Look who visited her. And all these things. You see the picture? They're painting a picture of this guy or this woman, whoever it may be, as being some superstar, some kind of hero, some kind of magnificent person that impacted the world and made a huge difference. And now the world is at such loss because of them. Meanwhile, in hell, the people on earth are thinking, oh, what? It is so beautiful. Let me tell you something. If they've not trusted Christ, they're exactly like this rich man in hell. Lifting up his eyes while they're on earth thinking, oh, this is so wonderful. This is so beautiful. He's in hell. Help! Don't come here. That's reality. That's the call from below. See, we have a call from above, but we definitely have a call from below. You look at that call from below. He says, listen, Abraham, listen, come on now. Let's make a deal. It's too late. You don't make a deal in hell. He said, could you just send someone back? I know I can't get out. I'm done. Could you send someone back? I have five brothers just like me. Prominent, important, rich. Who live just like I did. And they're clueless. And I know. What's he saying? I know all five of them are going to be right here with me. If you don't go back and tell them. Sometimes the call from below is more stirring than the call from above. You see, we have a call from below. Every last soul in hell is just like that rich man. How are they like the rich man? Please go tell my family. I don't want them to come here. 
You see, the call from below is very real and very loud. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? I'll tell you thirdly, there's a call from within. There's a call from within that's known as our inner voice or our conscience or the Holy Spirit or both. Amen. We have a a call from within. And if you're saved, you know that call, that prompting. Sometimes you ignore it. Sometimes you grieve it. Sometimes I ain't doing that. (laughs) But the call from within, it's an inner voice. And Paul said this. He said, woe is me. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 17, he said, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, of a necessity is laid upon me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Listen, he, understand the, he understood the call from above. But we did have a specific call. Well, listen, so do you. He had a true understanding of God's leading and God's prompting. And he understood. He said, listen, woe is me if I don't listen to God. Listen, God through the Holy Spirit and through your own conscience is going to speak to you. He's going to tell you, hey, I want you to go over there and talk to that person. How many understand that? Amen. Every hand should be up if you're born again. You should understand that. How many times you missed the opportunity? God said, go tell that person or you're driving down the road and the Holy Spirit prompts you to stop. And you delay. You turn around. It's gone, isn't it? There's no second chances. You miss the opportunity. You miss the opportunity. Paul says, woe unto me. Listen, your conscience will speak to you. Amen. We have a call from within. Listen to the call from within. Not only did Christ call Paul. And Paul says, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Woe unto me. If I preach not the gospel. But he takes that a step further. And I begin to look at this. And and he talks about his fellow countrymen. And his fellow countrymen, he had a true concern. Listen, the idea is this. Do you have a true concern for your fellow countrymen? At the prompting of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 9, verse 1 through 4, he says, I say the truth in Christ and lie not in my conscience also, bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. I have a heartache. For I wish that I myself were a curse for Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises of God. He's saying, listen, I have a burden for my fellow countrymen who started out right long time ago and got off the train somewhere along the way when they rejected the gospel and rejected Jesus Christ. Did that stop him? No. Why? Because... His conscience prompted him and the Holy Spirit prompted him. He had a heartache for his fellow countrymen. When's the last time you had a true concern for your neighbor? And your conscience and the Holy Spirit saying, listen, why don't you canvas your neighborhood? 
Why don't you talk to your neighbor, your friends, your family? Oh, I can't do that. Family's the hardest one to talk to. Going to get amen. They need to be talked to, though, don't they? Listen, don't, don't reach the world and lose your family. Don't reach the world and lose your family. You should have a heart, a heartache for the lost in this world. And so we look at it, he said, my fellow countrymen, I have a true concern for my own. You should have a true concern for your own. What is that? That's the call from within. And many times you go through just daily life, God's prompting you to talk to maybe a co-worker, maybe a neighbor, maybe a family member, maybe someone you just walk in Burger King and God says, hey, I want you to talk to that one. Listen, many times that's a divine appointment. Don't miss it. God's already did his part. He's waiting for you to do yours. And so we look at that. And then I'll tell you what, Paul, a true confession of Paul, which amazes me, is in Acts 23.1. And Paul, as he's standing before these, these elites in judgment, he says, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, and said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God unto this day. What a statement. I can't say that. I'd like to be able to say that, but I can't say that. What an amazing statement. That is a true confession of a sold-out man for God who understood the call from above, who heard the cries from below, and, 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 and that, that call from within. He followed it. He lived by the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And even when beaten and left for dead, he got back up, went back in town and finished the job. Now, I know that's remarkable and I know that's extraordinary and I know that's not what most people would do. But how about on our part, the simple leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit or God in your life to be, to when God, or listen, if you have the Holy Spirit and you're born again, God is going to prompt you to talk to people. And if you have no prompting, you have no leading, and your conscience is fine with just denying and rejecting all of this, you are so cold and backslidden it isn't funny. And you might be here tonight. And I'm not here to hurt your feelings, but I'm here to tell you the truth. I said, said in the beginning, I believe our church is doing a remarkable job of reaching the world and that's a wonderful thing. Not to pat ourselves on the back because we're far from done. But if we're going to get it done, it's going to take everybody. It's going to take everybody doing their part in some way. And uh, Paul, he said, I've lived a good conscience before God when it comes to getting the gospel out. He said, I've gotten the gospel out everywhere and to anybody and wherever from synagogues to house to house to and publicly and he goes on like that preaching until somebody fell out the window picked him up back up brought him back upstairs and preached some more amen I mean he just he's a preaching machine amen so we see we see the call from within and then lastly number four we see the call from without the call from without that's our call to missions as an individual as a church Listen, the call from without is the world's plea. The world's plea. 
There are countries that are begging, come preach the gospel. We need it. There are single, there are people in various places where there's really no gospel influence that are crying out to God, God, would you please send a preacher? God, would you see, please give us a church here. I got saved on the radio or saved here or there. There's no church to go to. There's no people to turn to. There's no fellowship with anybody. And God will use that too. We see that in Acts chapter 16, 6 through through 10, where there's a cry for help. This is the world's plea. Can you hear it? It says, Now when they had gone through Pergia and region of Galatia and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach in the word in Asia. After they would come to Messiah, they essayed to go up to Bethany, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passed by Messiah and came down to Traos and a vision appeared unto Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia praying him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. God had to give him a vision. But listen, there's a lot of people around the world saying, Come over here and help us. Can you hear it? Can you see it? He said, I've given you eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. And listen to this. He said, After he had seen the vision, immediately, Immediately. That's an immediate response. That means he didn't take three years to get there. Amen. Means he didn't dilly dally. He didn't even raise support. (laughs) He just went. Amen. And uh, after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assured and gathered that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel there. I want you to notice something. No matter where God called you, no matter what God called you to or who you called it to, they didn't say, what do you want me to talk to them about? (laughs) Right? What do you want me to do to these people? About the closest we ever get to that was Peter and Cornelius, where Cornelius calls them. And Peter says, well, I guess I'm here to preach the gospel. That's about the closest we ever get to that. That's a paraphrase, by the way. Everywhere else in the scripture, people knew. Listen, if they're crying out, they might be hungry. They might need to be clothed. They might need to be educated. They might need health care. But that was all secondary. They went to preach the gospel. Of course, the health care that took care of Acts just took care of it like that. That was pretty cool, huh? <laughs> Jesus was the doctor. Amen. And so we see, we see the call from above. We see the call from below. We see the call from within and we see the call from without. Four calls, four clear calls to you and I from various places in various ways. And now, how are you to respond? How do we respond to such a message? What is it between you and God? And so, are you obedient? First of all, how sensitive are you to the calls? Do they bother you? Do they stir your heart? The calls from hell, that one bothers me a lot. Amen? I think that bothers me more than the call from above, which should not be. The seriousness of eternity is very real. So are you obedient to God's call or command to go? We should all be taken apart in this. This is not a select few or people with certain gifts. We're all called to get the gospel out using our gifts and talents. Can you ignore the torments or the voices from hell? 
Some be in our very own family. That's a constant plea from every soul that died since the beginning of time that refused to trust the Lord. Could you imagine how loud that voice is if we could hear it? Millions. And yet thousands go there every day. You say, well, if I could actually hear it, it might change my opinion. Well, God says he's given us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to understand and perceive these things. Have you been ignoring that inner voice, that prompting of the Holy Spirit or your conscience? God's been working on your heart saying, listen, you need to do this. He said, I'll do it next week, next month. I'm too busy at work. I'll get there. He said, I've been meaning to come on Saturday, but three years have gone by and I've still not been there. God's been prompting and working on you for a long time. Paul would say, woe is it unto me. Amen. And then has God called you to a specific people? Maybe God has called you out to missions. But I tell you what, maybe God's called you to go across the street. Maybe God's called you. Maybe there's a call that you're hearing and you're not responding to. I don't know what that is, but you do. There are four types of calls to preach the gospel or to share the gospel, depending on the setting. The call to go is unmistakable, but so is our response. So is our response. You say, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. We're blessed to be able to hear. We're blessed to be able to see. And we'll really be blessed if we decide to go and do what God called us to do. You see, the call is unmistakable. A call to go, soul winning. Let's stand together, bow our heads. God is good, amen. Maybe God's spoken to you through the message and I encourage you to come and pray.